0: There are several reasons why we should be interested in a sermon called uh, Secrets to Living a Fruitful Life. And in John 15 and 8, you should be in John 15 already, but this is what it says. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, this verse teaches us a few things about living a fruitful life. One, it says that bearing fruit brings glory to God. And that should be our desire, brothers and sisters, that everything we do brings glory to God, brings honor to God, and not a reproach to God. Are y'all with me on that? But it also, bearing fruit shows that I'm a true disciple. And this is a true disciple. Anybody can say that they're a disciple, but you should have fruit in your life. Can I get a better amen? And then finally, bearing fruit is what God wants and desires for me to do. He doesn't want us just to bear some fruit. He wants us to bear what? Much fruit, right? The Lord is not satisfied with us just having a little bit of fruit here and there. He wants us to be exploding with fruit in our life, amen? Bearing fruit with our lives is a big deal to God. And the Bible says in John 15 and 16, you did not choose me. How many of you know we didn't decide? His spirit drew us, right? You did not choose choose me but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last. What is he saying here? He's saying that bearing fruit is the purpose of our salvation. It's the purpose of our Christianity. He didn't just call us in a kingdom to occupy a pew or to fill a space, amen? He brought us into the kingdom to bear fruit, amen? How many of you know the Lord desires a return on his investment of salvation in our life? It, you know, fruitfulness is, is uh, Jesus takes that pretty seriously. You remember the parable of the talents when he talked about, you know, the master gave talents to three people, to one he gave five, and to other two, and to one, one. And two of those servants were fruitful. They used what God had given them. They invested it and they made more. And, and, and whenever they came back to the master, he said, well done. That's awesome. But to the one he said, Oh, he said, I, I was afraid. I I, I knew you to be a hard man. So I just hid your talent. And you know, the, the master said, he didn't say well done. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Give me what I gave you. And I want to give it to somebody else. Come on. If you want more, be fruitful with what you got. Amen. And if you don't want to be called a wicked, lazy servant, be fruitful. Amen. And then you remember whenever Jesus walked into Jerusalem and he was with the disciples, he came to this fig tree. And I don't know, it doesn't exactly say, but I think he went to grab a fig, but there was none, but it looked like it was a great fig tree, but there was no figs in it. And what did Jesus do? He cursed it. Wow, that's an indication. He's like, hey, you a fig tree? You should be having some figs on you. And he cursed that fig tree and he withered and died. I don't want him to curse me. What about you? Amen. I want some figs in my life. What about you? Amen. And so you can tell that Jesus takes fruitfulness very seriously. Being spiritual fruitful is not a peripheral issue. It's actually the heartbeat of the Christian life. We should all desire to be fruitful, amen, now what does that look like, well, there's four types, or four kinds of spiritual fruit, and uh, one of them is uh, the spiritual fruit of reproduction, and you know, the, the Lord made everything after its kind, and he said, you know, he created it to reproduce after its kind, and in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus called out and said, come along with me, and I will show you how to fish for the souls of men, how many of you know, God created every Christian with the ability to win others to Christ, he created us that way. In Proverbs 11.30, says, The fruit of a righteous person is a tree of life and, and a winner of souls is wise. So listen, the ultimate purpose of the Christian life is to reach others for Christ. Do y'all believe that? And so another, uh, we're, we're born to, to be spiritual reproducers. The second type of spiritual fruit is the spiritual fruit of ministry. And you know, ministry is just helping meet the needs of other people. And again, we talked about this last week. God didn't create us to be in the kingdom, to be selfish and self-centered. He created us to be servants and to help other people, right? And so, you know, Titus 3.14, he says, For our people must learn to help all who need their assistance, that their lives will be fruitful. Fruitful. Helping those who have needs is being fruitful. How many of you would you like to have a greater ministry? How many of you'd like to reach more people for the kingdom of God? That's what we're talking about today. How do you increase the fruitfulness of your life? The third type of spiritual fruit the Lord desires is the fruit of the spirit. You know, the Bible says that, you know, spiritual fruitfulness is really displayed Christ-likeness, right? And, and you know, what, what is a Christian supposed to be? It's supposed to be Christ-like. How do you get there? What well, comes from spiritual fruitfulness or the fruit of the spirit? Galatians 5:22 says, "The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." That's the fruit of the spirit. And listen, you know why some people are not living abundant, satisfied, fulfilled lives? They don't have enough fruit in their life. Come on, I'm preaching to you this morning. Amen? Because listen, the more spiritual fruit you have, the more joy you're going to have. The more peace you're going to have. The more love you're going to have. The more spirit of God is in you, the more fruit you're going to bear in your life. Amen? So if you want to live an abundant life, you need spiritual fruit bursting out of your pores of your spiritual life. Amen? The fourth type of spiritual fruit the Lord is looking for is the fruit. The fruit of spiritual freedom. Jesus said in Matthew 7, you can identify them in verse 16. You can identify them by their, that is, by the way they. Can you pick up grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 20 says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Don't tell me, show me by the way that you act. Amen? The Lord is looking for spiritual fruit in our everyday behavior and actions. It never brings glory to God whenever we're in bondage, when, whenever we're enslaved, whenever to strongholds and to, and to addictions. Galatians 5.1 says, we have freedom now because Christ made us free. So stand strong in that freedom. Don't go back into slavery again. And so the Lord is looking for the the fruit of spiritual freedom in our life. Can you say amen? Amen. You see, because you can't can't be a good witness for Christ if you're enslaved, if you're in bondage, if you're you're just all bottled up. You need to be free. Amen. Amen. So how do we cultivate the spiritual fruit in our lives? Let me just say one other thing. You know, when I think of spiritual fruit, I think anything that's good is spiritual fruit. Because all, everything good and, and everything good and noble, James says, everything good is, comes from the Father of lights, amen? And so listen, I think God wants to bless our lives in every area of our life, whether it's financially, relationally, physically, emotionally, that's fruit, amen? How many of you like more fruit in your life? I mean, listen, I have some, some citrus trees around my house and, and uh, I pruned one really bad this last winter and I think I might've did something wrong. I, I need to check into that more, but that tree like went into shock, you know, and, it, and it's got some fruit, but it don't have the fruit that it had last year. Come on. I don't want just some fruit. I want a lot of fruit. Amen. How did, how about you? How about, you want a lot of fruit on your trees, right? And I believe the Lord wants us to have a lot of fruit. And so how do you, how do you live a, a fruitful life? How do you increase the fruitfulness of your life? You know, the Bible talks in agricultural terms and it tells us that, you know, a lot of what you read in the Bible has to do with forming and all that. And being fruitful is all over the scripture. And so we're going to talk about four secrets to a fruitful life. And the first one is this. I must cultivate some deep spiritual roots. You can't have spiritual fruit without spiritual roots, right? In fact, the root structure has everything to do with fruitfulness. In Jeremiah 17 and 7, it says, "...but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream." It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. Now notice that he says roots are the key to fruit. And so we need roots to survive tough times. And so Jeremiah speaks of two different tough times we go through in that verse there or that passage there. He says, first of all, You need deep roots to make it through during the heat of life. In verse 8, he said, It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Some people do good until the heat comes. You know, the heat of life, I think, is the, the pressures of life, the trials of life, the difficulties of life. When you have deep spiritual roots, you or or you don't have deep spiritual roots, you get easily overcome by the pressures of life. And so anybody can have fruit when things are going good, but what about when things are going bad? Do we still possess fruit when we're going through the heat? You know, I heard about the banana plant in the tropics, and they say that, you know, it's nearly indestructible. And, and, and for the banana plant, you can burn it down, you can chop it up, you can bulldoze it over, and it tends to just come right back. I got some weeds like that. How about you? The reason it's because that it's merely indestructible is because of its root structure. It has deep roots. And the only way to get rid of the banana plant is to uproot it. And so that's why the Lord says you need Roots. I think it's true that sometimes the reason we aren't fruitful and we can't survive the, the heat of life is because we don't have enough roots. And listen, you don't wait till the heat comes to, to work on your root structure. Amen. Listen, the, the trees around here can't, whenever they hear about a hurricane coming, they can't start working about well, on deep roots. And you find out which trees have deep roots for a hurricane. Right? Proverbs 12.3 says, Wickedness never brings stability, but godly, the godly have deep roots. You can't survive the heat and the pressures of life without deep roots. The other time we need deep spiritual roots is during the droughts of life. And that's the other thing he says in verse 8. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You know, a drought happens when it's been a long time since it's rained. Right? Right? That's, that's a drought. Life's droughts are when it's been a long time, when you go through long periods of time without something you desperately need. And so anybody can survive a, a trial for a while, but what about when it stays there, when it persists? What about whenever you're in the middle of the fire and you have this deep need for breakthrough, for energy, for money, for encouragement, for physical health? Can you survive that? Notice Jeremiah 8 says, it has no worries in a year of drought. A prolonged time of doing without something that is desperately needed can create a spiritual drought in your life. And whenever you're in a drought, you will not be able to produce spiritual fruit. So how do you survive the pressures and the droughts of life? I must cultivate deep spiritual roots in my life to survive those tough times. And so how do you develop spiritual roots? I think we need to take advice from the psalmist in Psalm chapter 1 who said in Psalm 1 and 1, blessed is the person who does not follow the advice of the wicked people. Take the path of sinners or join the company of mockers. Rather, he delights in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on his teachings day and night. He is like a tree planted beside a stream, a tree that produces fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. He succeeds in everything he does. That's a great Psalm, isn't it? And if you keep reading, the wicked are not so, the Bible says. The Psalm tells us what to do and what not to do. He says what to do, what not to do is don't follow the advice of wicked people. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're not going to get the will of God from wicked people, right? Don't take the path of sinners. Don't hang out with them dudes, man. And then number three, join the company of them. Don't join the company of the mockers of God, the mockers of Christianity, the mockers of Christian. Don't do that. But what you should do is delight in the teachings of the Lord and reflect on his teachings day and night. Just meditate on the word. The promise is you will succeed in everything you do. So the key to develop spiritual roots is to fill your mind and your heart. Listen with the word of God. It's not difficult, is it? It's not complicated, is it? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have read your scripture this week? How much time have you spent in the scripture this week? Are you developing a root structure or not? See, sometimes we we say, I don't know why I'm not living an abundant life, a satisfied life. I don't know why I'm not succeeding. I don't know why I'm having all these, these, these pressures in my life. It might be because you're not developing your root structure and it's causing you to get knocked over. Amen. Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. The second secret to a fruitful life is I must eliminate the weeds of my life. There we go. The weeds. Come on, we need some roundup around here. Amen. Right? Man, I think the devil invented cocoa grass. I really do. No, I know better than that. But man, I don't like them dudes, right? But Jesus illustrated this so clearly in the parable of the sower. Remember when he told that parable? And he said, uh, you know, in Luke eight, he said the farmer went out and sowed seed and seed fell on four different grounds and and representing the four different ways we can respond to God's word. And he talks about the hard heart, the the impulsive heart, the crowded heart, and then the good heart. And then it's the the fourth seed represented the person with lots of weeds in their life. And he says this in Luke eight and 11, this is what the story means. The seed is God's message. Verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorny weeds is like those who hear God's teachings, but they let the worries, riches, and pleasures of this life keep them from growing and producing good fruit. They... They allow worries, riches, and pleasures of this life to keep them from growing and producing fruit. So Jesus saying there are things that will choke out your spiritual growth. There are things that are weeds in your life. And if you've ever gardened, you know that if you let the weeds take over your garden, you're not going to have a lot of tomatoes. Because them weeds, they attract like stink bugs and everything against fruitfulness in your garden right? And so weeds in your life represent anything that hinders or limits your spiritual growth. Weeds are the concerns and interests that take all your time and energy and prevent you from having time to bear fruit. And in this passage, Jesus lists three kinds of weeds. First, he says, worries. The worries, these are the things that, that get you uptight and preoccupied in life. Bills and finances and, 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 and health and relationships and all this stuff. Remember Mary and Martha. You know, remember Martha, she was, she was worried about, Jesus said about so many things. And so, you know, worries can just choke out your life and keep you from being fruitful. Now, can you live life without having to cook and having to pay bills? I can't, I got to pay my bills Are they call me up. What about you? Right? And so you got to, you got to go through life and deal with life's issues. But the problem is whenever that's all you do and you don't have time to work on your spiritual life. Are y'all with me out there? And then he talks about riches, which is the preoccupation with making and accumulating money and it'll choke out the spiritual life out of you. So it's great to have a business that's thriving, but it's a curse if your business is thriving so much that you don't have time to to spend on your spiritual growth. Come on, let me say that again. It's great if you're prospering financially and you're doing good, but whenever your business is prospering so much that it doesn't leave you any time to work on your spiritual life, it's not a blessing anymore because the worst thing that could happen is you don't develop root structure when the hurricane comes. And then they have, you know, of course, the pleasures of life, the pleasures that's chasing the good life when you're always looking for another entertaining and fun experience. And so, you know, man, it's great to have fun. Did anybody get to go to the Tigers game last night? No. Oh, Brady, I'm covetous right now. Help me, Lord. But you know, we had a good weekend, man. Praise God. The Cajuns won and the LSU Tigers won. Am I chasing a rabbit right now? I think I did. I think I just ch- chased a squirrel right there. But you know what? Thank God I don't have to worry about whether the my, the home teams win or not for me to have a good weekend. I just I'm I'm getting back on track right now. Amen. Well, now listen, pleasures. You know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong, gang, with the cares of life, with recreation and pleasure. Right? I think the Lord wants us to enjoy life, have fun. But listen, it'd be, the, w- the problem is is whenever we get so preoccupied, it crowds out our life that now we no longer have any time or energy or passion to pursue our spiritual life. That's when it's a problem. The weeds choke out your spiritual life. Remember in Luke 14, Jesus illustrates this, this, uh, how easily we can be preoccupied. And he says in Luke 14, Jesus said to them, there was a man who was giving a great feast, to which he invited many people. When it was time for the feast, he sent the servants uh, to tell his guests, Come, everything is ready. But they all began, one after another, to make excuses. The first one told the servant, I have bought a field and must go and look for it. Please accept my apologies. Now this person, I believe, represented the person who allowed his investments and his possessions to choke out his spirit. I just bought a piece of property. I can't come. And then verse 19 says, another one says, I have bought five pairs of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please accept my apologies. In those days, oxen were people's primary uh, method of business. And so this guy, I think he's saying, listen, my work, my business is, is a priority for me. I think he was saying, I can't, I can't really serve God right now because of my job, because of my business. And then verse 20, he says, another man, another one said, I just got married. And for that reason, I can't come. I believe this guy was saying, I have a relationship holding me back. I can't really concentrate on my spiritual life right now because I got a, I got a thing going too preoccupied with the cares of the life verse 21 the servant went back and told all all this to his master and the master was furious and he said to his servant hurry out to the streets and alleys of the town bring back the poor the crippled and the blind and the lame and soon the servant said your order has not been carried out sir but there or your order has been carried out sir but there's no room but there is room for more so the master said to the servant, go out to the country roads and lanes and make people come in so that my house be, will be full. So you see, any of these things, investments, career, relationships, can keep you from being all that God wants you to be and be productive. And see, God created us to be fruitful. And so the problem is not, it's not in on God's side or like, well it's, I'm not, God didn't give me enough to be fruitful. He didn't, he didn't give me enough, you know, resources. No, he created you to be fruitful. He created us to be reproductive. Amen. Come on. If you agree, say amen. He created us to be victorious. Amen. But the problem is sometimes we don't have deep roots. Our Christianity is shallow. And because our Christianity is shallow, whenever the wind blows a little bit, poop, we get knocked over. And so listen, listen. the time to grow roots is not whenever you go through adversity. It's daily. So that when you hit adversity, you won't get pushed over. Come on, I need to get a better amen right there. The third secret to developing a fruitful life, by the way, listen, how much effort does it take to grow weeds in your life? None. (laughs) Those babies just pop up, right? I never have to plant weeds in my garden. They automatically come up, amen? But listen, weeds are a sign of neglect. If I don't weed my garden, that's whenever they take over. That's why you need to be proactive in your spiritual life. Because if you're not proactive, weeds will grow, right? The third secret to developing a... Fruitful life is I must cooperate with God's pruning in my life. This is the fun part. John 15:1. I am the vine. My father is the gardener. He lops off every branch that doesn't produce. And he prunes those branches that bear fruit for even larger crops. So one of the ways the Lord helps us to be more fruitful, to have much fruit, is he prunes us. What is pruning? Is cutting off stuff. Is cutting off dead branches and even live branches. Sometimes he, he cuts off things that, are, that we tend to say, man, that's good stuff right there, right? Pruning is absolutely essential for increased fruitfulness. You know, if you talk to vine owners and vin- owners of vineyards and stuff and people that tend vines, they, 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 they are like ruthless when it comes to pruning. And their whole motive is to produce more fruit in the vineyard. And so how does God prune us? What does he use? Well, I think he uses many different things, but here's just a couple of thoughts. He uses problems. How many of you know problems have a way of teaching us lessons that we could never learn otherwise? Right? And, And it changes us in ways nothing else will. Pain can really create incredible fruitfulness in our life. And so, uh, amen, falling off a cliff, off something will help you, right? Kenneth just fell off a ladder or something and just uh, broke his nose and just praised God. He's here right here saying, amen. But Psalm 119.67, the psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You know, most people, whenever you hear why they start serving the Lord, is because they went through a lot of tough times. And they said, man, I, I, don't know wh- I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I can't get answers anywhere. I'm going to try the Lord. And then the Lord just lifts them up. But affliction adversity will help you be a better person and be more fruitful. Wouldn't you say that? And so another two, the Lord uses his pressures, and we talked about that already, but, you know, the stress of life will squeeze you. Whenever you just feel like, man, you're losing control. You can't handle everything. It's like, man, I can't handle the load of life. It has a way of pruning you. It make you examine your life and seeing what you're doing with your life and where you're going and, 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 and it helps you. Why does God allow us to get overwhelmed sometimes with life? It's because so that we can learn to become more dependent on Him so that we can learn to stay connected with him, right? And so whether it's financial pressure, relational pressure, emotional pressure, physical pressure, the Lord will use pressure to help us realize that we need to connect and we need to cut some things out of our life and get our priorities straight. Come on, that's I'm preaching better than you're saying Amen. Come on, I want to say amen to myself. I want to amen myself right now because I know this is true. It's true for me and it's true for you, right? Amen. And so problems and pressures and a third tool the Lord uses, maybe not your life but mine, is people. (laughs) People will criticize you. Golly, don't you hate that? People will judge you. People will attack you. People will expect you to do what they want to do. And if you don't do it, they get mad. But how many of you know the Lord can use that for his purpose? Amen. The truth is there's no circumstance in your life that God can't use to lop off some things in your life that are keeping you from being fruitful in the kingdom of God. Amen. But the key is if you got to respond correctly, that's the key. Why does God prune us? It's for our own benefit. It's not because he likes to torture us. It's not like he likes, man, he gets, he gets pleasure in making us sweat. No, he loves us and he wants us to be fruitful and he knows we won't live the abundant, fulfilled, satisfied, make a difference kind of life unless we get pruned so we can get ready to produce some fruit. Amen. So He does it for our own good. And listen what Hebrews chapter 12 and 11 says. All discipline seems, it seems painful at the time, not joyful. But listen, but later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those who train by it. Discipline. Does the Lord allow us to go through discipline? Yes. He does. He disciplines those he loves, the Bible says. If you want to reach others for Christ, you have to endure pruning. If you want to have a greater ministry, you got to endure pruning. If you want to have more of the spiritual fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you got to go through pruning. If you want greater freedom in your life, you got to endure pruning. But listen, can God's pruning fail to make us better? Yes, it can make us bitter instead of better. It depends how we respond. Our natural tendency is to get mad at God and to blame God and be filled with doubt and gripe and, and be impatient and, and rebel and question and all this stuff. But James says, listen, if you respond correctly, good things will happen. And James 1 2, dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptation? Then be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is when, when your patient is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. How do you get there? Through adversity. Amen. And so listen, as a Christian, we should see adversity differently than somebody who's not a Christian. Because we know all things work together for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Amen? Doesn't mean we like what we go through, but God will bring something good out of it. Amen? The fourth secret to developing a fruitful life is I must stay connected to the vine. Must stay connected. If you want your life to produce fruit, you have to stay plugged into Jesus Christ. You gotta, you know, listen, Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't produce spiritual fruit on your own. You have to get connected to the vine. He's the vine, we're the branches, right? The key word here. Is abide, abide, says you got to abide 10 times in six verses. Jesus says, abide in me, abide in me. So we should want to know what abide means. Abide means to stay. It means to remain connected, to continue to dwell, to endure in a permanent way. It gives the idea of something or someone that continually persists and endures and remains connected. Abide means to habitually stay put and reside in the Lord. See, it's, it's, a, it's a consistency. You know, um, if you've ever done any gardening or planting of plants or something, and if you take a, like, if you grow a garden... And you plant some tomato plants. You plant them in a row. You cover them with dirt. You water them. And you come back the next day and you say, you know what? I don't like where these tomato plants, I'm going to dig them up. And I'm going to plant them over here. You plant them there. It's okay. But then you come back a few days later. I don't like them here. And you do that for about a month. You're going to find out your plants are not producing much fruit. In fact, if they survive, it's good. You cannot keep planning and unplanning, And you, you got that root structure has to go, right? And so you can't just like, you know, I, I got a phone. Y'all got one of them smartphones? I got one of them phones that are so smart, it's smarter than me. And, uh, and so, you know, I find like I could plug it in a little bit and it just charges up whenever it's giving me that red bar. But sometimes I'm not patient. And I want to unplug it just after a little while when it starts turning green. And then I take off down the road and I get down the road a little bit and it's red again. Next thing I know, it's out. And I find out it's not just good enough to connect it. It needs to stay connected to the battery source so it can get charged up. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so what does it, what does it mean to abide? It means to habitually stay. Notice the importance of abiding. This is what Jesus said in verse four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So the bottom line is, if you want to live a fruitful life, you have to develop the habit of connecting relationally with God. Does that make sense? If you're not seeing fruit in your life, you might want to ask ask yourself the question, have I been connecting to the vine? Have I been working on connecting to the resource of my life? Listen, in John 15, 6, he says, anyone, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they burned up. Now I used to read that and say, oh man, if you don't bear fruit, you're going to hell. But I don't believe he's threatening to send you to hell if you don't abide and stay connected. I believe what he's trying to say is he's trying to make a dramatic point that if you don't stay connected and you don't abide in him, you're going to wither, and you're going to die, and you're going to have, you're going to become of no spiritual value. And isn't it true? You know, I've been serving the Lord for 30-something years, and I've noticed if I don't stay connected to the vine, man, problems, same problems get bigger. The same pressures of life get greater. And it just seems like. Man, I'm not witnessing. I'm trying to stay saved. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not just throw away the whole thing. Oh, come on. Are y'all with me out there? And you know, whenever you start going through that, you realize, wait a minute. Have I been abiding? But notice the promise of abiding in verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Come on, I like that. I don't like to be thrown away into the, in the heat pile, but I like, to, I like that, right? Listen, if you stay connected, relationally to the Lord, nothing will hold you back. Nothing will keep you from having an abundant and fruitful life. Does that make sense? And so here's the key to abiding in him we have to make the decision we have to choose to stay relationally connected to him you know he said i'll prune you but he says you if you stay if you abide i can't make god keep me abiding it's my choice it's my decision right i mean tanya could say todd you need to abide But that that ain't going to help me. You could tell me. Everybody can tell you. I could tell you at church on Sunday. You need to abide. But me telling you is not going to make you abide. It's your choice. It's your decision. See, the Lord says, listen, if you want to live a fruitful life, there's some things that you can do to make your life happier, to make your life more fulfilled, to make your life more abundantly. You can change things. Isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. We can change things. Amen. How do you change things? Well, you just follow his instructions here. Follow his instructions. You got to get rooted. You got to get the weeds out. Right? You got to abide. Got to stay connected. How do you abide? How do you how do you abide in the Lord? I believe first of all you got to decide to deepen your relationship with God. And hear hear me out this morning. There's a lot of people in churchanity that they're satisfied with just going to church. And you know, I'm glad people decide to go to church because it's a sign that they're pursuing God. But you can't stop there. You got to choose to deepen your relationship with God. Amen. You got to want to go beyond that. Don't wait till next Sunday to, to, to tap into the vine again. No, bless the Lord. You can do that as soon as you get home. You could do that this afternoon, tomorrow morning, all day. You could do that whenever you're ready. So I encourage you, listen, decide to deepen your relationship with God. The psalmist said in Psalm 42 and 1, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When, When can I go and stand before Him? The psalmist had an appetite for God. And if I could just encourage you to just develop a greater appetite for God. Amen? Listen, just develop. Just do whatever you need to in your schedule, in your time frame, in your week. Just do something where you can sit at the feet of Jesus and develop a greater appetite for God. Amen? Listen, don't be Martha, be Mary, sit at his feet, and that's the good thing Jesus said, and you're going to start bearing fruit in your life. Amen? The joy of the Lord is going to come upon you. The peace of God will come upon you. People will want to know what's different about you. You'll see your marriage change. You'll see your finances change. you see your business change you'll see handling life change because you're deepening your relationship with God amen come on can I encourage you today number two purpose to invest more time how can you deepen your relationship with God you got to put more time into it that's it How, how how can I damage my marriage not spend any time all I have to do is not spend any time with Tanya and our relationship starts suffering. How do I strengthen my marriage? Spend time. How do you deepen your relationship with God? Spend time. So it's, you know, it's one thing to say, man, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to I strengthen my relationship with God. But then the question is how? How are we going to do that, gang? It doesn't happen through osmosis. I wish it would. I wish it would be like one of them tanning beds. You step into it and you come out like Superman. Wouldn't that be great? But it ain't like that. You got to spend time in the presence of God. Amen. Come on, I want to encourage you today. You got to spend time. It may not seem like it makes any difference, but you keep biting in the vine. You keep tapping into the vine. You keep hanging out with God. You're going to become more like God. You're going to have more of God in you. You're going to have more strength. You're going to have more power. You're going to have more grace. You're going to start seeing that life is better because the living God is growing on the inside of you. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Amen. Come on, say amen, amen. So you gotta spend time. And that's what the psalmist said in 27.4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple, amen. Amen. The psalmist wanted to spend more time with the Lord. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, are you, are you gathering? Are you grabbing a hold of what I'm saying? Amen. And so listen, I tell you, it just, you know, you know, it's compounded interest. You start getting up every day and spending time in the word. You start spending time praying. You know, if you, if you struggle with prayer, I encourage you to use the Lord's prayer. And listen, if you have to, just start re- quoting it, quoting it. Quoting it, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, just keep quoting it. Just keep quoting it. It's not meant to be repetitious, but just start repeating it. The Lord, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Amen. And you start praying that prayer. Before you know it, something is going to happen and the Lord say, forgive that person. Come on, ask the Lord to help you with that problem that you got. Before you know it, you your life is going to turn into a dependence on God and i promise you your life will begin changing and your life will never be the same and you're going to be fruitful and you're going to be you're going to be a fruitful a fruitful servant in the kingdom of God and one day someday i don't know when the day is going to be but one day when you breathe your last on this side and you get over to the other side he's going to say he's not going to say depart from me you wicked and lazy slave he's going to say well done how good and faithful servant, enter in to the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's what I want to hear. What about you? That's what I want to hear. The joy to hear those words. Amen. 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 Whoo, glory. Why don't you stand with me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Now listen, let me tie it in this morning. I told you, I told you earlier that, you know, this sermon I thought tied in what we just finished doing with our series on next. And also what's coming up this week with prayer and fasting and what's coming up Freedom Weekend. And see, everything I just talked to you about, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Listen, you know, you can just be the, I just go to church every once in a while on Sunday kind of person. In other words, I tap into the vine occasionally. See, we're going to pray Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The reason why we're praying and fasting is I'm saying and the staff saying is we need to, we need to spend more time deepening our roots in the Lord. We need to more spend more time tapping in the divine. If we wanna be fruitful and see people get saved and see lives transformed, we can't do that on our own. We need the Lord's help. And if we wanna be fruitful, we gotta pursue God. We gotta deepen our walk. We gotta spend more time with Him. So listen, you don't have to participate in prayer and fasting, but maybe consider it. Maybe skip two meals Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and just eat one meal in the evening. And the whole day, you're gonna be, your flesh is gonna be having a fit. What you're going to tell your flesh, hey, you be quiet. I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm pursuing God. Amen. I'm investing. I'm, I'm getting my roots down. You don't have to do it. But I'm just telling you why we do it. And I encourage you to get involved. Amen. Listen, next weekend we're going to have Freedom Weekend. Listen, nobody has a Friday and Saturday to just throw away, but we're not throwing it away. We're pursuing our walk with God. We're saying, Lord, deepen us. Lord, get our roots down deep, deeper because we want to live fruitful lives. Amen. And so listen, you don't have to twist my arm. You don't have to force me to go. I'm going because I want to go because I want more of God. And I want to encourage you. If you can't afford it, I'll pay your way. Sign up, come spend the weekend, and I promise you it's an investment that'll reap benefits in your entire life. Amen. Now, I preach with everything I could. I preach with my with my veins sticking out, because I'm trying to encourage you that, listen, walking with God, living for God, it's the best thing you could do. Come on, can I get a witness? Come on, can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Come on, let's give God praise. Come on, let's give Him praise. We love you. We honor you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, just do me a favor and bow your head with me for just a moment. You might be here today and you've never really surrendered your heart. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never said, Lord, I'm yours. I want to live the Christian life. I want to give you a chance to do it this morning. You could do it by just simply praying a prayer and telling the Lord that you want to follow Him, that you want to serve Him, that you're choosing today to live for Him. If you're here today and you've never done that, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand right where you are, and I want to pray a prayer with you and for you. Just lift it high so I can see it, because I don't want to, yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Anywhere else, just lift your your hand just lift thank you ma'am I see your hand sir I see your hand thank you for being so bold thank you for being so courageous thank you for just responding to what the Lord is doing in your life I know already things are happening let's pray this prayer together gang say with me Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven Lord Jesus I choose to serve you I choose to live for you would you forgive me i repent i'm sorry for everything that i've done that is displeasing to you i choose to live for you today lord thank you for accepting me into your family and into your kingdom in jesus name i pray amen Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, if you'll take time to just fill that card out with the green bar, I've made a decision. Bring it to the lobby. We have a Bible for you, a gift for you to help you get started. Welcome to the family of God. I'm glad I'm a Christian. What about you? I want to be fruitful. What about you? Lord, I pray the favor and blessing and grace of God over the people of God today. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody that agreed said amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. Have a great day. You're dismissed.